at the time I had a specific deal. So I went over that deal, you know, again, kind of that sort of confidence. And I went through the structure of what my plan was. Interestingly enough, I had, you know, like I said, still three people that were interested and said, yeah, you know, I'm willing to, to do this. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey everybody, welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen and we're in the money raising series right now. So we just got done talking about marketing, helping people with finding leads and traffic and stuff like that. And now we're moved into money raising. So we've had Susan Lassner Lyons on, talked about getting the money book. It was a book that really changed a lot for me as I was starting to raise money. I've raised millions of dollars over the past few years based on the principles and strategies in that book with my own spin. And now we're going out to some of the members that we have inside of Seven Figure Altitude and Seven Figure Runway Mastermind Group that we run. And we said, hey, who's had success using these principles from this book and some of the things that you're doing. And what I wanted to do is bring them on and talk about very specific strategies of what they did so you can replicate it and raise money. Because one of the things I'd say the two biggest things that I hear from real estate investors right now is I need more leads and then I need more money. And so hopefully we can cover this over these two series in the podcast. So we hopefully helped you out with the leads from the marketing side. And now you're saying, okay, I'm fixing the lead problem. I've got deals coming in and now I need some money. I need to raise money to renovate and resell these houses. And with money comes a lot of exit strategies and options. You're not stuck in having to wholesale the deal if you have the option to buy it and put it on the MLS as is, buy it, renovate it, resell it. Gives you a lot of options and makes you feel a lot more comfortable in your business. Cash flow problems, the real estate roller coaster really can hammer you when your bank account is low. You start making these bad financial decisions and bad business decisions. So today, I've got one of the members of our Seven Figure Altitude group who's in California, Southern California, very high prices on houses. So we're going to talk about raising a lot of money and what that might look like. So I'm excited to hear some of her strategies. And I know she's been really successful, especially recently in really ramping up her business. And with a ramp up of a rehab business, it takes more money. So I, hopefully I've got my notebook, I've got my pen and paper, and I'm going to be taking notes of some tips and tricks that she shares with us because I know she's full of Great information, great knowledge. Every time I talk to Sherry, she's she's fantastic. She gives me some some ideas, some strategies, things like that. So, okay, I'm going to welcome, and I'm going to uh, hopefully not butcher her last name, but let's welcome Sherry Dignan. Did I get it? Yeah, you got it. You got it. Perfect. Awesome. Nailed awesome. it. So, welcome, Sherry. I want to say just say thank you for coming on and sharing some of the things that you that you're doing, some of the tips and tricks that you're using. And I know pre-interview, you told me that you are rereading this book, getting the money again right now. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm starting it over um, because I am now looking at trying to raise additional funds. Um, as you mentioned, being in Southern California, the cost of advertising and running my business is uh, expensive. And then obviously the deals themselves. So um, obviously you never have enough money in this industry. So um, just kind of going back and trying to, you know, relook at the principles that she has and, and apply them even more uh, to what I'm doing. So Awesome. Well, hey, before we get started, why don't you tell me, I know we talked about um, kind of what we've been doing recently is kind of people coming on that are in the mastermind group telling their, you know, seven figure flipping story. So their background, how they got into real estate, and then how things have kind of changed, how they found the group and stuff like that. Yeah, no. Um, So my background is in fitness. 
Um, I spent the first probably 20 years of my um, career in the fitness industry working with um, uh, an interna- you know, national, international company. Um, and I was in operations. And um, so I got into real estate sort of on accident because through that company, I was moving around. And uh, when I moved from Atlanta um, to uh, Phoenix at the time, um, I put a for rent sign in my house because I didn't want to sell it. And so I literally just said, you know, people rent their houses out. I had no idea what I was doing. Stuck a for rent sign in the property, looked up what, you know, things were renting for and um, got a tenant in there who ended up being there for 10 years. Um, so I got lucky, um, had a couple of hiccups along the way. I can't say it was all, you know, rainbows and butterflies by any means, but she, uh, they were there for 10 years. And, um, when I went to finally get that tenant out, um, there was being 3000 miles away, there was a lot of work that needed to be done to the house, you know, having not seen it for a while. So, um, my husband and I packed up our stuff from California. We met my father and my neighbors, um, at the house and we camped in the house, uh, for 10 days and we brought in contractors, subcontractors, brought in all kinds of people to, uh, between myself, my husband, my father, um, and, uh, the neighbors, we completely renovated the house. I mean, new roof and everything. Um, and I've always been fascinated in real estate. It was something I was just, I loved. Um, and so uh, it just really sparked me to want to learn more. Um, so I started taking classes. Uh, fast forward, I started buying rent, more rental properties um, and decided, you know, this flipping thing kind of seemed exciting. So decided to try to kind of do it full time. Um, so I had gone to a wholesaling class in Indianapolis and um, learned about wholesaling, came back and decided I'm going to quit my full-time job and <laughs> jump in. So um, it was kind of a scary thing. I mean, to just jump you know, out of a solid position uh, that I was in. Um, but I wanted to do it. And I figured if I didn't do it now, I'm not getting any younger. I wasn't going to ever do it. So um, fast forward, I kind of floundered around. I did about three deals uh, my first year. Um, out there on my own and uh, my private money lender actually um, turned me on to the um, uh, you know seven figure flipping group at Flip Hacking Live Um, so she said you got to go to this event it's amazing Uh, so I went down to Flip Hacking Live and um, what an amazing event she she didn't lie (laughs) so um, anyway signed on to seven figure flipping and and since then my business has definitely ramped up Um, last year I did 14 deals um, and uh, so I went from three to 12 to 14 Um, and uh, you know on pace to hopefully do a little bit more this year so um, at the same time I also started doing renovations which is where the money part comes in so Okay. So you went from doing whole, so you were wholesaling primarily before yeah. that, and then you went to yeah. do renovations. Was that, why, what was that transition about? Was it because of the money? And I think it, when you were doing less deals, you had to uh, try to squeeze as much profit out or was it something that you just wanted to do? Um, I wanted to try it. Um, you know, I was wholesaling initially because I didn't have the money. Right. And, um, so I didn't really have the money to be able to do the renovations. Um, nor did I really have the experience. So, um, 
I got a condo under contract um, and it was a one bedroom, one bathroom condo. And I thought, you know, this is probably my opportunity if I'm going to try renovations. It's simple. It's easy. It's cosmetic. Um, let's try it. So, um, so I decided to do the renovations and um, I actually did that rehab in uh, 12 days. And I, this was uh, what two almost two years ago now, I guess. So it was when the market was still pretty hot. So I put it on the market, and that thing was sold. And I was in and out of it in literally two uh, eight weeks, um, start wow. to finish, close close to close. Um, I got it under contract with a cash buyer who paid you know cash and closed in two weeks. Um, so I got kind of lucky. So I think because I had good success on that, I decided okay, let's do this again. So. Um, but that's where, you know, again, you know, houses out here, their minimum purchase price, typically 500,000, um, and private, my, um, sorry, hard money lenders are only giving me, you know, 80, 85%, uh, you know, of my purchase price. So I needed to figure out how to get the funds. Okay. So then you started, so let's, let's jump into that. You started getting, seeing some success in raising money or was it, what was it like in the beginning? Now you're, you're wholesaling, trying to transition to do some, do some flipping because it's something that you want to do. And yep. was it uh, scary in the beginning to try to raise money? Were you concerned? Did you struggle with Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Um, so I really had no idea. I, you know, again, coming out of fitness, like there was no such thing as raising money. And, um, you know, even a networking thing, you know, talking to the different people, it was just different. Um, and so um, actually, it was through seven figure flipping that, um, you know, someone had, and I can't remember exactly who mentioned this book, um, but they said, you got to read this money, getting, you know, book, reading, uh, getting the money. So, um, read the book and was like, okay, this is, I'll say it sounded simple, you know, <laughs> she makes it sound really easy. So, um, I, it was really scary. Uh, you know, started kind of trying to come up with a quote unquote elevator pitch, um, as she says, and, you know, putting together lucrative real estate deals for my partners was, it sounded great. Um, I've always kind of been told fake it till you make it right. So, uh, um, I had to go out with confidence and act like, you know, I'd been doing it. Right. So, um, I started by talking to family members. Um, and I don't have a lot of family members with tons of money. Um, but you know, I do have family members that have, you know, 401ks and have savings. And, you know, so I kind of started throwing it out there. I come from, um, a background where my family taught me get a good job, work hard, you know, go to work, save your money for a rainy day. Um, and they did not understand real estate. So um, they had no idea, you know, anything about raising, you know, money, real estate investing. Um, so I was kind of coming up against, you know, people looking at me like I was crazy. And I think also knowing my background, they didn't know what my experience was bringing to the table, right? So, um, so I wasn't having a lot of success there. Um, so, you know, in her book, she also talks about going to, you know, you know, RIAs and real estate um, networking events. So, decided to try with people that maybe did know what they were, you know, what was going on with real estate. So, 
Um, I'm very fortunate, I guess, to have um, a real estate investment group that I was a part of. And um, they actually have a section where they have everybody go around and kind of talk about um, their wishes and desires. So if they're looking for something, if they're a wholesaler and they're looking for a buyer or they're, you know, um, you know, they have a property they're trying to um, sell or they're looking for money, you know, they can get up and, and talk about it. So never having done that before, I was very, very nervous. But I got up and I said, you know, I'm looking for some private funds to invest in real estate. So I went through my elevator pitch um, and shockingly, I had three or four people come up to me afterwards and say, what do you have? So that's how it started. So at a, so let's, let's go back. You got these yep. trying to reach out to the family members and people that have IRAs and 401ks. And they thought they just probably, they either weren't confident in what you were doing. They didn't understand the asset class, things like that, where they just weren't, it, you just weren't seeing success kind of hitting against a brick wall. And yeah. That's typically when most people go, well, this doesn't work. I'm going to quit. Right. Yes. <laughs> I, I got that way. You know, I mean, it was, you know, I was hitting up people that I thought, you know, trusted me. Right. And that I you know, had relationships with and thinking, okay, if, how am I going to, if I'm talking to people who know me and they're not necessarily trusting me, how am I going to go up to some stranger and get them to trust me and give me tons of money? Right. You know, I'm looking at almost every deal I was looking at anywhere between the minimum investment was, you know, 50,000 and, you know, most of them was close to a hundred thousand dollars, you know, that I'm looking for, you know, 70, 80 grand. So, you know, I had a lot of doubt that anybody was going to look at me and go, yeah, this girl knows what she's doing and I want to give her 80 grand. So in the beginning you had a, like a hard money lender that would come in with about 80% of the purchase price. So you were just raising the gap funding. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. So for those that are listening that don't understand the gap, it's your 80% of the purchase price is coming in from the hard money lender. Uh, Sherry's got to raise the other 20% plus any of the closing costs and things like that. And then typically the hard money lender will also do 100% of the rehab costs when you're fixing it up. But yeah. what you do is you have to front the money and front the rehab costs and you'll get a draw off of that. Yes. So that's for those of you that are newer that just kind of understand the concept of where she's coming from with anywhere from 50 to $100,000 is that 20% that of that purchase price for her basically on these properties that are 500,000 makes sense. Yeah, come, even with that draw, you're generally coming up with, you know, close to 10 grand, you know, um, on my renovations before I would get that money back. So I had to come out of pocket and front that, you know, um, up yep. front. And, uh, you know, the nice thing that we've done recently is bring in Lending Home to, for some of the states that they lend in for our seven-figure members because we were at 90% of the purchase and 100% of the rehab, and they just came in and did 100% of the purchase, 100% of the rehab for us, yeah. for our, our altitude and runway members. So what you see there is that um, they still they still are, like, funding the rehab costs. So you have to you – have, some money comes out of pocket in the beginning for that upfront cost of the rehab, anywhere from ten to 20000 whenever you're asking for your draw. and But you're constantly catching up. Right. So you spend the money, they put it back in your bank account and you spend that money again and they put it back with on the draw system. So, OK, so, you know, for me, when I was starting to raise money, a lot of my family, friends, coworkers, and things like that, that's where I started seeing a little bit of success in the beginning because that the, they know, like and trust you. And what I had been doing is I had been trying to to make myself look like I was a. a understood real estate. I wasn't a real estate expert at that time in the beginning, but they knew I had rental houses. They knew I had fixed up houses. They knew that I posted like before and afters of the houses that I was renting or living in. 
Um, so I would live in a house and then I would uh, fix it up while I was living there. And then I would move with the military and rent it out. So they knew that I had some real estate background and I was kind of talking about it a little bit, but that was for me, that's where I saw some of my success. But it's interesting because you and Brandon are saying the same thing where you kind of had to go to people who already understood the asset class before yeah. you started seeing that success. And one thing I did want to point out that I really loved when I was doing it is you might not know that your family members or friends or coworkers or people that you are around right now have money because it might be locked away in their IRA and 401k like Sherry was talking about. It's yeah. an easy conversation because they don't know that they can invest in real estate with that money typically. And because, you know, the... Believe me, big, big stock market, Wall Street, they don't want you to know about this stuff. They want that money to be in the stock market. They want that money to be in, in the, those, those type of investments, more quote unquote traditional investments where not realizing that you can invest in, in stocks and even you know, uh, gold and stuff like that too with a self-directed IRA or 401k. So when I started understanding that, I moved my money over for my IRA and 401k and started investing in real estate. And I understood the process. I could help them with that process and hold their hand through it and show them how to do it. And I also was, you know, preaching what I was practicing in investing in real estate myself with my IRA and 401k. So now what I get is like a lot of those people starting to move their money over and, you know, they, maybe they moved a hundred thousand their IRA. They have seen success for a couple of years. Now they're moving over 200, $300,000 of that money. So right. you start, you know, building, it, it takes time. This is, you're, you're building the foundation here. It wasn't like I, I called a few family members like, oh yeah, let me give you a million dollars from my IRA. It was, uh, I'm not sure. And then a year would go by of me posting about it, talking about it and continuing to push that. Uh, you know, here's what I'm doing, sending out the emails, putting them on my email campaign that I would send to my lenders. And then eventually they say, well, hey, I am actually interested in this. Or, hey, I just got, you know, another $50,000 or I just got an inheritance and I'd like to put some in the, into this uh, real estate so, um, okay. So you, then you went to RIA meetings and yes. you started meeting some people. It was all, it sounds like a little bit of like a shark tank thing that they did. It's like, Hey, what do you need? What do you have? Link people up. Yep, it is. And, um, and, and actually we have a couple different RIAs. Um, one, they do the wishes and desires and they say, you know, what do you want? And you stand up and you give your pitch. Um, and you can actually show the property, which is nice. So you can show, you know, kind of what you're expecting to do. Um, the other one, they actually have like, I have money to lend. I'm looking for money. Um, I'm a wholesaler. So you have a little sticker that you wear, um, which kind of calls out, you know, the different people that are um, uh, there. Um, so you have, you know, people you can talk to. And um, so I started, I just went to these uh, RIA meetings and started kind of networking and letting people know that I was looking for money. Um, and I think the biggest mistake I probably made in the beginning was I would go to these people and I already just had, you know, hey, I'm going to pay 10% or I had a number in mind. Um, and, you know, with reading uh, her book, you know, it, one of the key points that I think you need to, I, I think, uh, take home is, you know, ask them what they're used to making. And um, because I think I ended up probably overpaying for some of these people. And now most of the people I was dealing with were, savvier investors so they were used to making maybe 10 percent um as i've continued to kind of hone these skills um i'm finding more and more that i'm able to talk those numbers down and get uh money my most recent deal right now i'm paying it's a seller financing but a little bit different um but it's five percent you know so it's it's saving me money as well 
can't be that, right? And right. so I want to dig into that. But before we do, yeah, let's, yeah. Start, yeah let's, let's start about the beginning because I know that yeah. I do want to talk about that deal. It sounds really exciting for you and what you're doing. And it's definitely creative from bringing lots of different people in where you don't have any of your money in the deal. And so at the beginning, you were raising the gap. You were, um, you were bringing in uh, an investor for eighty dollars or $100,000. And so you, you, what did that process look like? So they met you at the RIA and then just take yeah. me through like, Okay, so they came up to you and three or four people were like, I'm interested. So yeah. what, the, the people that are listening, what is the next step that you took then? What, what does it look like? You know, it was kind of a courtship process in that, um, you know, I, I needed to obviously, again, still earn their trust at that point. So, um, you know, I went over at the time I had a specific deal. So I went over that deal um, and, you know, again, kind of that sort of confidence, have the confidence and fake it till you make it. Right. So it was like, yep, I got this, I got this. And I went through the structure of what my plan was. Um, so, um, part of what, um, in the book, it talks about, you know, what do you, you know, um, focus on, you know, single family homes, the square footage and all that. So I went through like, you know, yes, I'm, I'm focusing on condos, they're cosmetic. It's going to be a quick turnaround. Um, and really just tried to, act like I knew what I was doing and that it was going to be quick, which I got lucky and it was. Um, so I spoke to him and said, you know, look, I'm looking to spend, you know, temp, you know, pay 10%. Um, I'm going to need to be closing on this day. Um, and interestingly enough, I had, you know, like I said, still three people that were interested and said, yeah, you know, I'm willing to, to do this. Um, so I was really shocked and I, I don't, I, you know, I was like, okay. Um, so at that point it was basically like, okay, who, who did I feel comfortable with um, that I knew was going to truly have the money and show up? Cause that's the other piece of it is, you know, now I'm relying on these people to close and I didn't really know them either. And, you know, okay, how do I trust that they have the money? So, um, you know, I did ask them, okay, can you send me, you know, um, documentation to show sort of the proof of funds. Um, so the one girl that ended up lending on this particular deal um, was using her 401k um, and she was able to lend through her 401k and she actually had given me um, information on other, other renovations she had lent on. Um, so I had, you know, references that I could check. Um, and uh, so I ended up deciding to, to work with her and, um, I tell you, it was scary at first because, you know, again, I'm expecting this person to show up to the closing table and I'm relying on their money. And if they didn't show up, I wasn't going to be able to close on this property. So, um, fortunately, I have an amazing escrow company um, that was able to draft up all of the um, documents and the deeds and, you know, um, make sure everything went smooth. And um, it went straight from her 401k into the deal. And, and from there, we, we closed the deal. Okay. So you did, uh, did, did she get a second on the property or how did you structure so, yeah, that? She was a, a second on the property. So, um, so yeah. And so the escrow company was able to draft up all the documentation. Um, you know, she obviously had to sign off on the, um, or, you know, we'd sign off on the deed and, uh, on the note and yeah, she had a second on the property and, um, it went really smooth. So that again, kind of goes back to the confidence, you know, now that I had done it and it 
worked and I had this property. Uh, now I just had to make sure I could pay her back. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, just, I'm going to dig in a little bit more. Was it monthly payments? Yep. Was it a balloon at the end of the project or how'd you guys try question. Yeah. So um, on this particular one, again, I didn't, wasn't maybe as savvy as I am now. So I offered one uh, point up front um, and then no payments until the deal closed. Um, and because it was her 401k, she was completely okay with that because she's not touching the money, you know, anyway. Um, so I did pay one point. Um, and for this deal, it was uh, $55,000, I think, that I uh, had borrowed. Um, and so I paid her 550 at closing. And then uh, she didn't get any payments until we, until we sold it. Okay, nice. Um, so, okay, we've got this. The escrow company did all the work. I love the fact that you were doing... Like you're basically having them try out to work with you, even in the beginning. So, hey, do you have any other projects that you've lent on? Some ref references that I can check with, and, yeah. and some proof of funds. So that's I think that's fantastic because, it, especially if it's not somebody you know, a lot of times. Look, I've had people say, "Yeah, I'm in for the deal," and then two days before, two hundred fifty thousand dollars is not there. So yes. you've really got to make sure that it's solid. You know what's happening. You know who you're working with. All of those things. And these some of the bigger commercial deals that I've raised money for. It, you'd be surprised. Somebody says, yeah, absolutely. I'm in for 200,000. And then two days before closing, the money's still not there. And they said, well, I had to change, change my mind and I got to yeah. go rush around to replace them. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. And so sometimes over raising or having three people that are interested is a good thing, right? And having a backup. Right. And yeah. so now you also probably have confidence that if, if, and when you find the next deal, there's two other people whose money is there and ready. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's kind of, I think what spearheaded it a little bit, you know, I was like, okay, so this worked, you know, and, and I had other people that were also interested in my deal, you know? And so I was like, wow, okay, there's, there are people out there that have money and want to lend. Um, and it's like legit, right? <laughs> this can work. Um, so, um, so I did have these other people in the uh, kind of the, the wings. So that deal actually closed in, you know, it was done in two months. Um, and I actually had another contract kind of right behind that. So um, I was able to then go back to the same private lenders that I had and say, okay, I have another deal, you know? And um, I think it was nice to also have that confidence to be able to have a testimonial from somebody had, you know, who I had already worked with that, yes, the deal went well, they made money. Um, and, uh, you know, so again, that trust between, you know, both parties was there. Um, so in this particular deal, I had a guy, again, came through the a Rio meeting. Um, I didn't know him at all. Um, and this particular deal, I was getting down close to the wire on needing the funds. I was planning to originally wholesale it, but since I you know, had done so well on the last uh, rehab, I thought, okay, why not, why not rehab this one? Um, so we were within four or five days of um, needing the money. I think it was maybe even less than that. And I went to him and in his particular case, I was looking for, I think it was 74,000 um, from this gentleman. And he actually came to me and said, I want to do the whole deal. And I was like, what? <laughs> and um, the purchase price on that house, I think, was five something. I'm trying to remember exactly. And he wanted to pay the. He wanted the whole deal. Um, and he wasn't asking for any points. Um, so I, in the back of my mind, again, was like, oh my gosh, this could save me 
a lot of money on the points for the hard money loan. And I wouldn't have to worry about draw system and, and those kinds of things. Um, but I was shocked that here's somebody that, again, didn't know me and wanted to give me, you know, almost $600,000 up front. <laughs> and so how did that deal go? Is that what you did? Uh, no. So, um, <laughs> interestingly enough, um, I was, I think, still a little bit fearful myself that, okay, does he in fact have, you know, because this was all happening so fast. I was really nervous that if he backed out, I was, you know, again, left without uh, being able to close on this property. So, I went back to him and I said, you know, I'm already lined up to be able to use hard money on this particular deal. Let's stick with just the 74000 And if this deal goes well, you know, let's talk about, I'd love to work with you on doing, you know, more. Um, so we did just stick with the, the gap funding on that particular property. Um, looking back, I probably, sh you know, should have continued to take that money. Um, but I was, you know, again, this was like my second deal for borrowing money. Um, didn't know this guy and, um, you know, didn't have uh, time to do all the due diligence of checking, you know, um, references and stuff with him. So I decided to stick with the gap, knowing I could fill that gap and stick with the hard money. Yeah, I, I think it's really smart, actually. I mean, yeah. of course, looking back, you say, well, this guy actually did turn out to be a good guy. He did lend the money. He did show up. He did all those things. But right. you just weren't sure. And you yeah. went with the safe route instead of the high risk route, right? Because yeah. if you turn off that hard money lender at that time and this guy doesn't come through, it's not like you can just make a call and say, hey, I actually changed my mind. They're going right. to want to do all the due diligence again, run all the paperwork, all the checks in the box. It's not, there's yeah. some work to work with a hard money lender. It's not, it's not, yeah. give me a call and you've got your money the next day. So um, I think it, it makes sense. And I think it's good to share that with folks. People are probably like, what are you, what are you talking about? You could probably save like $5,000 or $10,000. But you know, sometimes it's just better to, you're doing the same thing that other people do. So when the lenders usually will give you the first 50 or 75, see how it goes and then say, oh yeah, hey, I got another couple million. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so for us, they're doing that and you're doing the same thing. Hey, let's try this one. We'll see how it goes. And then on the next one, we'll swing for the fences and do a whole yeah. $600,000 deal. Yeah. But now your confidence is probably even raising even more, right? Yes. Whoa. Like yes. Now you're seeing it. What they say is true. People do yeah. have a lot more money than they say they have. It's true. Yeah. Um, because like I said, initially he kind of came and he said, yeah, I'll do the gap. And then as we got talking, you know, it was like, oh, well, I have a lot more money than that. Um, so in, it's kind of interesting in that particular scenario. Um, you know, I think this is kind of important to talk about too, but I did raise, um, you know, he, he came to the table, he, we closed on it. Um, that particular property was, I was expecting the turnaround time to be a four to five month project. Um, it went about seven months. Uh, the property sat and um, that particular property, I didn't actually end up making money on it. <laughs> so, um, but I took care of the lender, right? So, um, you know, I stayed in constant communication with him. Um, I did what I said I was going to do um, when I knew we weren't going to be closing in the timeline that I, you know, I had to kind of expected. Uh, I was in communication with him through the whole process so that he had that confidence he was going to get his money back and I wasn't, you know, um, going to not follow through on what I said I was going to do. Um, and that's a, a, another concept that I think is talked about a lot in the book is, you know, do what you say you're going to do, right? Um, so I ended up, you know, uh, 
closing on that property finally and we kind of you know gave him those funds and what's exciting though is now that he's seen my performance um, and now that I know he has more money we have continued these conversations to where now he wants to definitely do a lot more lending for me um, and like to your point he's got a lot more money in the bank. Um, he's got a lot of money that he's willing to spend and to save on the points, to save on um, the costs with the hard money, um, you know, definitely it could be a great relationship going forward. Um, you know, being yeah. able to buy $700,000 properties and not pay those points, right? I think there's a huge lesson there in just doing what you say you're gonna do. And, you know, when somebody sees that you're breaking, and he probably doesn't even know how much money you made. Maybe you went through the numbers and reviewed it right. with him because he's looking for the next deal. So with some people, they might say, well, hey, this person, you know, didn't make money or I'm not that confident in their performance. But sometimes that happens. Here's the reason right. why. Here's what happened. Um, here's what I learned from it. And moving forward, if you're open and honest up front with your people and they're getting paid, right? The fact that, right. the fact that you, you, his money came back and you didn't right. make money. That's a huge credibility win on your side for anything right. in the future. I've, I've told the story plenty of times, but we lost $70,000 on a house and our, our lenders made 50,000. Right. So I could have gone back to them and said, ah, sorry, I'm just not going to pay you back. Or can we, can we make an adjustment here? We're actually losing right. money on this house, but they don't even know that we lost 70 grand unless they listen. Okay. They probably, they probably know now. So I was just going to say, I don't know that he necessarily, I didn't come out and tell him like, hey, I lost money on this. But at the end of the day, because it was taking longer, you know, I was very much in communication. Hey, look, you know, here's what's going on, you know. Um, and obviously he could have probably done, you know, figured the math out to kind of see that it, you know, it wasn't a great deal. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And the fact that you're talking to them up front, you, you're, yes. uh, you're, you're not waiting until they're asking you for updates right. and things like that's right. the biggest thing. Like when, I, I, I'm a lender. I'm a lender now. I'm a borrower and a lender. I do a lot right. of transactional funding. I do some hard money lending type deals. And if I get a knock on your door over and over and over again, it doesn't make me right. feel good about doing another deal with you. Right. And I've learned now in, in having to foreclose on a house and lose money on a lending uh -huh. deal that, right. you know, for me as a lender, I really have to be careful with who I do business with. And I've got a couple loans right now that I'm working on kind of restructuring and say, hey, I, you know, we need to figure out how to get this paid back and a lot of different things because uh, there's, you have the, the, a lender is in, a, you know, you're borrowing money from someone. They, their, their control is that asset that, but they don't want to take the house back. Like I don't right. want to take a house back in, in some other state that I'm not familiar with, don't have people in. Fortunately, I have a network inside of our group that ha has helped me move these houses when I had to take them right. back. But it's just, it's not a good situation that they want to be in. Uh, we, everybody just does what they say they're going to do. We're not going to have a problem, right? And, and especially when you're dealing with, I mean, I, again, fortunately, most of my hard money, uh, um, private money has come from uh, people who are in the industry. But you're, to your point, you know, if there's people that are using their 401ks that just want to possibly be in real estate and don't know anything about it, you know, they don't want to take those houses back, right? <laughs> oh, definitely not. Absolutely yeah. not. And when you take the houses back in an IRA and form, I'm not trying to scare anybody, you take a house back in an IRA or 401k, there's certain things that you can and can't do. So if, if I have to take a house back in my IRA, I can't just go over there and start doing some work and paint the house and get it all fixed up and, and sell it. You know, I can't add any value. I got to hire people to go do that stuff. It's, it right. is definitely a challenge, but okay. So this is the beginning. This is like first deal, second deal. And now it's starting to kind of ramp up and take off. So, um, yeah. 
it seems like all of your stuff is pretty much coming from networking. I just put networking down on my sheet of paper and just wrote stars all over it here. Um, Is that where all of your money is coming from now? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, uh, and it's interesting because too, part of the whole networking is um, once one person, you know, lends you money, it, they're talking to other people as well. And they're saying, yeah, I'm making money here. And they're like, oh, well, I want to get in on that. So um, through some of the successful deals that I've had, um, people that know those sort of stories are now coming to me and saying, hey, how can I get in on on the deal? Um, So it is networking because it's like, okay, those people now also know other people that have money, right? So um, for instance, you know, one of my lenders you know, I guess he runs in a circle, obviously, of people that, you know, have have money as well. And they're seeing what he's doing. So now they're saying, well, hey, who are you working with? Now those people are coming to me. Um, I recently had another guy who wants to give me 100% of, um, you know, he's like, hey, I want to give you 100% of a deal as long as it makes sense, right? And um, again, the houses out here are not cheap. They're five, 600000 So this guy is coming out saying, yeah, I want to give you that money. Um However, his terms, he wants to make 50% of the profit. So um, now in certain deals, that might make sense, right? Um, but I'm now getting people coming to, you know, almost approaching me saying, okay, so I see the returns you're getting this guy. You know, I see the returns you're, you're paying. How do I get in? You know, how do I get started? How do I get involved? Um, yeah, so people with money know other people with money. Yes. The way it works, right? Yep, so, exactly. and like right now, if I can't do a loan or do a deal that somebody sends to me, I have two or three people that I know that, that want yes. to do that stuff. And I'll just send it over to them. I'll say, Hey, let's introduce them and say, if it works for you, then see if it works. Because right now I'm just tapped out or I, I can't do it, or I have something else coming up that I'm reserving this capital for, or, you know, we just, uh, the lenders just talk to each other. And, yes. um, and that, that referral is the best thing. If somebody comes to me and somebody that I know, like, and trust has done deals or done business with these folks before, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a lot more interested than it's somebody who I've never met. So do you have a process that you use now? So, it, or are you just going into these RIA meetings and saying, Hey, uh, anytime that I get a chance to like stand up, are you going to specific meetings? Is there a specific strategy that you use? Like what could someone do who wants to do more of this networking thing? Yeah. And um, I'm glad to bring that up because now again, kind of looking back at my history and now I'm trying to raise more money. I want to get more rental properties. Um, So now I'm actually looking for more uh, long-term money, a little bit more, you know, long-term money. Um, And I'm looking for, um, you know, maybe some unsecured money to continue to grow and ramp up my business. Um, So I have obviously my network um, of lenders, but sometimes their money is not available to, you know, it's wrapped up in other deals. Um, and they're like, well, I can lend to you once I get this money back, but I'm not exactly sure when that's going to be. Um, so I am trying to branch out and I, um, so I, you know, we, we did another podcast on, um, networking and, um, I'm a part of a group called, uh, BNI and, um, I am actually starting to do pitches in my BNI meeting on, um, you know, people don't really understand. They know I buy houses, but they don't know the back end of where that money comes from. And so um, I'm starting to kind of go out and pitch with, um, uh, you know, with that in mind. So, um, so I am branch, branching out into other networking groups. Um, and then I have started also talking to um, 
friends. So people outside of the, um, you know, the real estate realm. Um, I've got a guy right now, a part of why I started reading the book again, I got to go back to him and I'm trying to kind of put together some different testimonials um, for him of, okay, here's the deals, here's what these people have made and then get an actual testimonial um, from those people because, you know, he doesn't obviously know them. Um, but he's got money. I know that probably would be, you know, able to invest. Um, so now I'm starting to talk to friends, you know, family I've given up on at this point. <laughs> um, but just, you know, people that I, I know now more personally, I've got that confidence and I, I have, again, testimonials of people that are now making money and people that have now seen I've been in the business now for, you know, three years. Um, I feel a lot more confident approaching them and just kind of throwing out that sort of elevator pitch, um, letting people know, like, because people do ask. Well, what I love about this industry is people will ask you, where do you get the money? Mm -hmm. And it's, that's your key in, you know, you're like, hey, I flip houses. Hey, I, you know, I buy real estate. I, you know, I fix them up. Really? Okay. Well, where do you get the money? You know, uh, well, good, funny you ask, you know, yeah. people, just, people just like you. So that started to be my pitch. Um, just when I'm out and about talking to anybody now, it's because you never know who has that money that's, you know, looking to make money, right? You just dropped like probably the the biggest takeaway from this whole podcast, I think, right there. And you just moved on really fast. It's where do you get the money? And your answer was people just like you. Yeah. Like, if you if you just make this awkward pause after that, and you think of it like you're talking to a seller, it's a sales conversation. You say, actually, really just people just like you. Yep. And just see what their response is. Like, oh, really? Like, well, what do you mean by that? Or uh, like me, like just people like uh, friends, family, and let them kind of take it where they want to go and then start having that conversation because they yeah. might be like, oh, that's really cool. Um, I wish I had some money. <laughs> and then you just keep <laughs> going and talking what you, because they, they're basically telling you they're broke or, yeah. oh, hey, I'd be interested to hear more about that. Yes. And you'd be surprised since I've started saying that to everybody because I, I do my best to make sure that every single person I talk to knows what I do. <laughs> it's just part of what I do. And um, because they may know a seller, they may have a house or they may have money. Right. And so, yes. So I now make that part of and like I said, I'd say nine out of 10 people that I talk to when I tell them what I do, that's one of the first things out of their mouth. I don't know if it's my because of being in this high priced, you know, market, if people just go, wow, that's a lot of money. How do you come up with it? Um, but yeah, if you just flip it around to them and say, you know, well, people, people just like you, you know, there, I got investors that, you know, um, give me basically money to use and, uh, we give them a, you know, a great return and it's safe. It, it's one of the safest investments. I will tell you that as of sitting here today, um, everybody I'm sure has seen on the news about the stock market. Right. And, um, you know, right now with the whole coronavirus, you know, thing that's going on, it's a really great opportunity to pitch um, for a safe investment uh, for your money. Yeah. And it, depending on when we launch this, this is the week that we've seen about a 10% drop in the stock market. So we're recording this on a Friday of the week that is probably the biggest drop in the stock market since 2008. 2008. Yeah. So, uh, and we're 
right now, like just in the recording of this, I don't know where it's going to end up today. It's about noon on a Friday. So we're, we're down like 3% today. So who, we'll see. Um, and I don't, never really check the stock market anymore because most of my investments are in real estate and things like that, but I will. And usually what happens is the real estate investors that are on Facebook, I see it because they're posting this like, oh, it's the market, stock market's going crazy. Have you ever thought about getting into real estate? And it's, you know, I, I don't, I try to, I try to not play the like finger pointing game. I'm going to, I'm going to bash the stock market, but it's the ups and downs. Like I like the consistent word. And I, I mentioned it on the podcast that I did with Brandon. I like secured, like right. consistent and secured. Those are the two things that I really like to say. Um, and safety for me is, a, I, I'm a little bit scared of safe. Like I know that it's used in the book and it's, it's just not a word that I use anymore. And we talked about some SEC attorney and things like that. So I'm not against like you guys using safe or somebody, but um, what I want to, I want to make sure that they know that the, I, I cover the risks. Like when I do have a conversation, I cover risk reward. I cover where their money is and where, where it's, where they want to want to go. And I really dig into like, what do they, what do they want to get from this? Like, what's this relationship look like to them? Um, are you looking for money? Like you said, if you want longer term money, I'm typically looking for somebody who has an IRA or 401k who doesn't mind putting it in for 20 years or 30 years. Or I want to know if this person is more transactional. Like if anybody comes to me right now, I'm pretty much only doing transactional funding. So the same day, same like two hours apart, maybe a day or two, but that's it because I have a lot of things going on right now in my life and my business and all the businesses that I'm running is I don't want my money even tied up for six months right now. But right. if you need a deal and you're going to double close a deal or you have no other way to get the deal done without having the money in escrow, then I'm interested in doing those kind of deals today. And so each investor is going to change their strategy over time. Some of them might like me just got, have been burned recently by a couple of deals that they had to, they lost money on. They had to foreclose on a house or something and they might be shifting their strategy because of that. So it's, and stock investors, sometimes we just need to open their eyes up to what's possible in the real estate world. And real estate isn't like, Real estate has crashed. We've seen it. We lived through one, right? It was horrible, horrible. And a lot of those lenders that were lending then got burned really bad because nobody paid, paid them back. They had to foreclose on a house. They sold, they lost hundreds of thousands of dollars or went bankrupt. So just, you have to understand the story of this person. What, where do they want to go? What do they want to do? And then figure out how to make it a win-win. So for me, some people, I have their money at five or 6%. Some people, I have their money at 10 or 12%. And some people want monthly payments. Some people don't want payments. Some That's people want to compound their money year after year and not get interest ever paid and just make more money on a compounding cycle. And then some people want to get their interest out every year. You know, it just all is depends on what they want to do. And if it's a fit for what I need and what I'm doing, then it works. If it's not, then I say, hey, it just doesn't sound like we're a really good fit. And that's it. So, and I think that's part of that next conversation. So when I'm actually, um, you know, when I say the money comes from people just like you, um, kind of that, I, I do give that pause and see what they say. And then if they ask a question, you know, oh, well, what do you mean by that? You know, I will launch into a little bit of a pitch. Um, but then I go into, yeah, well, you know, let me ask you, what, you know, where do you have your money now? What are you used to making? Um, you know, well, let me tell you kind of a little bit how that works. And um, it definitely piques their interest. And like I said, I've got more people now. And so to where now I'm like, okay, I can now use this money to maybe buy rental properties. And like I said, to, to fund more of my business um, versus just the deal. You know, it, um, it started out obviously just deal by deal by deal. Okay, here's a deal I have. I need to get the money. 
here's the deal I have, let's get the money. Um, now I'm trying to branch that into getting more money because it's definitely out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you mentioned BNI and I know that I don't yeah. want to like fast forward past that, but could you just explain what that is, what that group is? So um, it's called Business Networking International um, and uh, they're they are worldwide. Um, and basically it's a networking organization where um, there is one uh, person from each, I'll say specialty or type of job. So for instance, one real estate agent, one real estate investor, uh, a banker, an insurance you know, uh, broker, those kinds of things. And so um, my particular chapter has like 40 people. Sometimes there's 20, sometimes there's 60. Um, and they meet every single week with the intention of referring to each other. Um, and so uh, it is um, not only encouraged, it's basically a requirement sort of of the, um, you know, organization where uh, you show up every single week, you give an elevator pitch of some sort of what you're looking for. Um, and then it's the kind of role of, the, you know, rest of the group to try to either connect you with people that will um, help you um, and or to work with you kind of maybe more directly. Um, and so it's all about referrals and building referrals. So I might not necessarily be able to refer somebody directly to you, say Bill, um, but I might know somebody who does. Um, and so anyway, it's all about um, referring. And so I've been now making my pitch there, um, especially because it is mostly entrepreneurs um, and or at least very high level, some, some of you are maybe not the actual owner of the business, but they're definitely, you know, the, the producer for the business. Um, so they are people generally with money and are a little bit more savvy business people. Um, so it's a great pl pl place now for me to be pitching, you know, the need for money. Yeah, you've also, like you said, the real estate agent is like the coveted spot in that networking right. group. And then so is yeah. the financial advisor. So there's financial yeah. advisor there. There's there's lots of people that are around other people, folks with money, and, and they're constantly networking. So um, yeah, I, it's yeah. pretty cool if you shift it from, hey, I'm this real estate investor. I'm looking for properties and houses to actually I'm looking for investors that can invest yeah. in my, my deals. And, and I think too, um, like I just met yesterday, speaking of with our um, insurance advisor who is, um, she's very um, savvy with like whole life, um, you know, uh, permanent life, you know, policies um, and the ability to lend and all of that. And so her and I are trying to now partner up where hopefully she can bring me people that are her clients um, that want to invest, you know, passively. So we're really working on trying to um, sort of become what we call a power partner in the group um, where we can refer back and forth uh, to each other. So. Awesome. And so you're talking about the whole life with paid up additions where you're borrowing from your policies, cash, yeah. cash value. So I, I have that one of those policies for myself too. That, and I use that to lend uh, money. Yeah. So if I'm doing a transactional loan, it's usually coming from that policy or my HELOC or somewhere where I move yeah. money around. So uh, yeah. I love it. That's awesome. So how have things changed for you since so like what, what's changed in maybe some of the mindset stuff and then also some of how much you borrow now? I know it, in the pre-interview, we talked a little bit about struggling because you didn't have any money and you were having to come out of pocket for the rehab costs. So right. how have you changed your strategy with borrowing based on that? Um, well, definitely it's kind of a mindset more of, I'll say abundance um, is kind of the word that comes to mind in that I think when I was starting out, it was like, okay, I don't have the money for this. And you felt like you couldn't do these, you know, I felt very limited with what I could do as far as rehabs and, and closing on properties um, and, and just in general in my business. And 
now, um, one, I mean, the mindset is I have a ton of confidence in speaking now about, you know, one, what, what kind of uh, resource I am to people and how they can make money. Um, and confidence that there's money out there to be, you know, lent, you know, to be given. Um, and so now um, I feel like I can take on any property. Um, I just bought, um, so my other big deal that I always like to talk about is the one uh, that I have that is a million dollar property, basically. The purchase price was 920000 Um And when I was, you know, talking to the sellers on this property, I had every bit of confidence that no matter how this uh, deal went, I'd have be able to have the funds to make it work and to close on it. Um, and so, you know, just having that confidence uh, behind me and um, knowing that there's money out there uh, that is available. It's, I almost want to say unlimited funds. You know, I just feel like at first I thought nobody wanted to give me money. No one would give me money. And now I feel like, oh my gosh, you know, there's tons of people I can go to out there now and approach. And not only are they going to want uh, to lend on one particular deal, but they might be investing in my my whole entire business, you know. Um, and so, yeah, just the, the mindset of not that scarcity, but, you know, um, more of the abundance of what's what's out there and what's available now. Yeah. So for those of you guys listening, how amazing would it be to have uh, feel like you walk into every house that you're negotiating on with an unlimited checkbook, just an unlimited amount of funds. I mean, how would that change the way that you speak to somebody? How would it change the way that you carry yourself on that appointment? How would it change the confidence that you have going into your business to know that any deal that gets sent to me, I could buy it with, you know, as yeah. long as I have the capacity to execute on it, right? But that money's not an issue. And these are the skills that can be learned just by a simple book, putting it into practice, you know, and, and being intentional about it. So actually, you know, you started with your family, then you went to the networking events, you started seeing success there, you went kind of all in in that structure. And now you're going back to the friends and family because now you have a bunch right. of experience, you have a bunch of deals under your belt. And now your pedigree has changed. You've got the this laundry list of deals that you've done. And you can, if somebody yeah. needs something, you can put together testimonials and before and afters and how much you've made your partners and things like that. Yeah, I don't have to fake it anymore. <laughs> That's right. You made it. And, I was talking about the contracts I had under wholesale, right? That I was wholesaling, but you know, I had to give them something, right? Um, but now, you know, again, you know, I've got the confidence that yes, I can say this deal I made this, you know, or these people made this, this and this, and I have those testimonials. So yeah, so the confidence going into a living room meeting with a seller, no matter what price point, no matter what situation, no matter how many deals I have going on, you know, as long as I can obviously physically, you know, handle the rehabs and get them done. Um, I'm not worried about having these funds tied up and not being able to do the next deal. You know, yeah. and, and again, the confidence now that I know, okay, now I can take that to another level of, okay, for marketing and the, the funds that are needed to run the business, you know, now I feel very confident going out to somebody and saying, okay, here's, you know, um, here's what I need to kind of help run the business and, and collect funds for that. Yeah. And to grow and expand and things like right. that, it takes, you know, as you're growing, it's going to take some capital re-injection re into the business to have, make that happen. And you're right. full-time. So you're also paying yourself and running the yep. company. So, and now it's just a man, uh, cash flow management situation. Yep. That into. So um, you, well, you mentioned a deal that you were doing with um, a partner or something like that where it's hundred percent finance and seller finance. Can you just 
jump into because I think this is an interesting transition. So you've you went from hard money lending and trying to figure out where that gap was going to come from to right. filling the gap to now raising a hundred percent of the purchase price and rehab right. from private lenders and now even doing something a little different with uh, some seller financing and taking like that yeah. next step up. Yeah. So and just you know backing up one more thing I wanted to say is that you know to the. Um, uh, you know, people coming to you, you know, now it's like, now it's different. It's like, I don't necessarily have to go out there as much. I now have different people that understand and are coming to me wanting to, you know, hey, when's the next deal? Um, but yeah, this particular deal, um, and, uh, and actually this one came through uh, my business networking international, the actual seller, um, which was amazing. So I have no rehab or no um, advertising costs necessarily really into it other than the membership. But um so I was sitting in the living room with the seller and um, it was an inherited property and she sat on it for six years and it was sitting vacant. They had thought they might end up renovating it themselves and possibly moving into it. And, um, you know, they had approached me and said, hey, if you can get me maybe, oh, I'll tell you, close to a million dollars was what she was wanting uh, to buy this property. Um, I might be inclined to sell it to you. But if you're going to come in at, say, 500 or whatever the number would be, um, you know, I have no interest. So sitting down with her, um, you know, started going through the numbers, and it was a really tight deal to try to do it at around, you know, a million dollars, obviously. Um, and I'll go through the numbers a little bit more. But um, it wasn't going to really work for me to come in that high. And so, um, knowing a little bit about the seller, obviously started the conversation because she'd been sitting on this house for six years. So again, opening up those questions and, you know, opening up, um, the conversation of what are you doing with the money? You know, what, okay. So if I get you a million dollars, what are you going to do with that money? And they really had no, no plan for the money. Okay. So that being said, I said, okay, well then sounds like what you're probably going to do is put it in the bank. Um, what kind of return are you going to be getting? And um, as that conversation unfolded, I was able to find out that yes, she was just going to basically put the money in the bank for the time being and, you know, figure out where to go from there. So I said, well, you know, you've been sitting on this house for six years. What if you waited another couple months before you got paid? And so um, she kind of said, you know, well, what do you mean? So I started explaining seller financing um, as simple as I could. And I just said, well, you know, basically what we would do is we'd buy the house. So I have full responsibility of the property, um, but we're going to wait to pay you until the property is sold. So we're going to go through the renovation. We'll fix everything up. Um, and I said, by doing so, I'll be able to get you a little bit more. And um, she was very interested. Um, but was also a little bit like, I don't really understand exactly how this works. So um, we went through the numbers. Because she was going to put the money in the bank, I started out at a 4% interest on, on, the, uh, on the property. Uh, I figured that was, you know, if she was put in the stock market, you know, potentially that might be where she'd end up. I don't know. Uh, so I just kind of picked 4% and thought that was sounded like a good number. Um, and I threw it out there and she was like, oh, okay. So, um, you know, it was a little bit of a massaging of the conversation over time as I was obviously working on the deal. Um, but she was able to uh, decide that she would take seven. So the purchase price of the property was 920000 
Um, and I agreed that if she held the note for the property, um, it, initially it started out as 100%. Um, it was going to be 100% financing. Um, that I would pay her 5%. We, we negotiated up to 5 And so no points, no payments. Um, and she would hold that, that, uh, that note. Where, unfortunately, she did get, because she's new to all of this and was really nervous and was like, well, how do I have any security that, you know, what if you go bankrupt and you, you know, walk away and you've destroyed my house and, you know, I've got nothing. So she got an attorney to look over all the paperwork and, um, and the note and everything that we were going to be doing. Um, the attorney got involved and said, well, you need to get, you know, money up front. Um, and so uh, he wanted $200,000 up front. And then the note would be for seven twenty, um, and uh, at five percent. And he said, you know, for her safety, he wanted payments. So, still wasn't a bad deal. So I went into the contract and said, okay, so we're going to do seven twenty, five percent interest. We'll make interest only payments. Um, and my only hurdle was, okay, I didn't have. I needed to now come up with the. 300000 is what's going to cost in renovations, uh, closing costs, and, um, and the 200000 up front. So went back out again in my network, and um, I found someone that was willing to give me all of that money. And because this was such a big project for me, this is a multi-million dollar property. It's big rehab. Um, they actually, again, are in the real estate space, so they're bringing in their contractors uh, to do the work. So um, I got $200,000 plus the 300 in renovations and they're doing a lot of the renovating and they've taken basically 50% of the profits in the end. Um, but there's no money cost to me, um, you know, as far as any interest or anything like that. So found the deal, put it together, set it up, negotiated the rate, seller financing, interest only payments. You got a hundred percent of the rest of the money and you have no of your, none of your own money in the deal. It sounds like. None of my own money in the deal. Um, actually, I lie. Uh, I am paying for She wanted a... So the other thing is we're in California, right? And it's on the cliff. It's an ocean view. It's an amazing ocean view. Um, and so she wanted earthquake policy in place. So I'm actually paying for that out of my pocket. Um, and uh, so I had to pay for that. And um, I'm pay, I am paying the curing cost, the $3,000 or whatever that's costing me every month. Um, that's the only money that I have into the deal right now. Okay, so you got some some incidentals in there. Fifteen hundred dollar policy. What, is, what does it look like? Like what? Uh, what's a rough estimate of how much you think that you you guys will make combined on this deal? So, so the, then the best part is, like I said, I'm um, my guys that are giving me the money are also handling most of the rehab, so I'm managing it uh, from afar, but they're also very involved. So um, I am uh, right now. The numbers are looking that we are hoping to get it under. Uh, contract at some point between 1.8 and 1.9. Um, it's about a $300,000 rehab. Um, like I said, the purchase price was 920 at 5% interest. So um, probably somewhere around $400,000 of profit there. Maybe, yeah. maybe a little bit more depending on what the closing costs and, and, yeah, say, fees and all that stuff. Yep. Yep. So um, realtor fees were negotiating that, you know, we're trying to keep those down and everything. Um, and so uh, I am an agent, so I can kind of help control some of that. <laughs> so, there, there you go. Um, 
So if I decide, I'm not sure if I'm going to do, I might just pay 1% to somebody that's, that's their specialty in that market. Um, so that's kind of where we'll figure it out. But yeah, all in, we'll, you know, we'll have to stage it. We're going to have to go a little bit of overboard on the marketing for it. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at hopefully around $400,000 profit. That's pretty nice. And so the return on your money, if we did the math, let's say you just have $10,000, $15,000 into it by the time you're done making the payments and the prop policy and all that stuff, and you're making $200,000, I'd say that's a pretty good work, right? So uh, really nice. Obviously, guys, these numbers are in Southern California. It's a lot different <laughs> for me to make, make $200,000 in uh, Pensacola, Florida. It's a much different deal. I've never done it before, so I don't know what it's like. Uh, we got to do a lot more deals to do that. But um, again, you know, a million dollars for me would, would buy, you know, 10 houses, even 20 houses in some of my markets. So um, it's a little more risky out here though, having it all in one. <laughs> for sure. For sure. No doubt about it. But I mean, there, you've been de-risked for yourself by bringing in partners and, and structuring the deal the way that you did and just getting a little more creative. So I started with a 50-50 partner and a lot of the flips that I did in the beginning were me splitting the profit 50-50. And then I realized I uh, started learning, reading these books, get, taking action, getting my confidence, like you said. And I wouldn't hesitate to take a 50-50 partner now if I needed it. You know, it just kind of, it escalates based on well, yes. how much money I need, when I need it, what does it look like? What's the upside? All of those things. And uh, it's just based on risk reward, just like anything else that we do. Yeah. And part of the reason I took that on was one, you know, obviously the money cost. Um, if I had to borrow the 200 from another private partner and then hiring a contractor um, versus these guys are using their in-house crew. Mm -hmm. When I started doing um, all the math on the actual upcharge of the contractor and all that, you know, um, in the unknowns for the contractor, it, it worked out. I think, I think it's going to work out in my favor. Oh yeah. There's, there's big swings in these, uh, these expensive deals, right? It can go yeah. really well. You can make $400,000, but you could easily go way over budget, way over timeline right. on these deals and end up losing $200,000 right. if you get in over your head. So, um, really awesome stuff. So I think there's some, there's some incredible takeaways here that we've, that we've gone through really kind of you know, where to look, what to say, how some of the talk tracks, um, seeing that it's not always easy. So we're going to fail. You're going to hit a, hit a brick wall. You're going to, you're going to try some of this stuff from the book and some of the things that you're like, well, what are you talking about? Like everybody says it's so easy. It's just, you just give this elevator pitch and everybody just gives you money. They throw it at you. It's not the case. You got to continue to put in the time. One thing that I, one tip that I'll give is I have an email list that I don't email them and say, I got this deal. Who wants to fund it? I just, it's all the people that have raised their hand and shown interest of lending to me ever. They want to have a conversation. Maybe they responded to one of my Facebook posts. They sent me a message. It's a referral from somebody else. I'll meet them. I'll get to know them a little bit and then I'll put them on here. And all I do is send, up, send out an update about my company. I tell them what we're up to. Some of the exciting things. Hey, we, you know, we paid out. And at the end of the year, I was like, hey, we paid out, you know, we made our, met our goal. We paid out $300,000 to our private money lenders this year. How amazing yeah. is that? And they're, they're just looking at it going, oh my gosh, if I'm not lending to this guy, I want to be. And if I am, then I want to figure out how to give more. So, and what I find happens is whenever I send out those quarterly emails, I, I always get responses of people who are like, hey, can I throw another $100,000 in? Or I'm about to make my IRA deposit this year and plus it up a little bit. So, I'd like to you know, change the note around. And it's just, it never ceases to amaze me the fact that people see that. And it's just, it's getting back in front of them on a regular basis. And those, those family members that you have right now that are said no, 
Like if they got, if they got like a drip sequence, they start seeing what's happening on a regular basis. They're going to start saying, yes, I mean, your success, everything that you're doing, they want to be a part of that. Remember we're, we're bringing them in as partners effectively. You know, they're not not borrowing their money. You're offering an opportunity. And I think at the end of the day, you know, it goes back to two, you know, so you kind of asked me this and I think I skipped over this too, but nurturing those relationships ongoing, nurture, 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 um, you know, so it is sending out gift baskets occasionally and, you know, really um, staying in front of them so they don't forget about me if I'm not actively using their money, you know, and, um, and then again, because maybe they don't have money to lend, but they might remember me because I sent them a gift basket and tell somebody else, you know, hey, by the way, you know, if they're talking about investing money. So it's constantly nurturing those relationships. And that's where I'm kind of going back and rereading the book to also see these other things that maybe I could be doing like you're doing, you know, um, sending out a little bit more of like, here's how much I paid out um, to continue to pique that interest, you know, as well. Yeah. And you know, who's in your network? Who are the other people that are doing this too? You, you know, take some of the things that they're doing inside the seven figure group. I say, Hey, I'm getting ready to send out my end of year email. Who wants to, who wants to be on it? And right. we, I'll just blind CC them all. So we get, um, I have actually an Excel sheet now that has everybody who's ever said they want to be on it and I'll send it out to my lenders and then I'll send it to all those people too. So they yeah. can see it and they can just copy it and rip it off and do the exact same thing. And yeah. you know, Susan, Susan Laster-Lyon said something on the interview that I did that I thought was really powerful. And it was, you, you mentioned the gift baskets and a lot of people will send those around Christmas time or the holidays or those kind of things. But she said that what she used to do is celebrate their, um, their lending anniversary. So the yeah. anniversary of their first deal with her, right? So it's on a random date that is not around the holidays. Like you said, you send stuff around the holidays. It c- tends to get lost sometimes. You're, there's yeah. 10 people getting in front of me or 20 people, but you send it to me on just a random Tuesday. That's like, okay, well, hey, this is, this is incredible. Or your lending anniversary, which I thought was really cool for those of you guys that missed that, that one. And if you missed that podcast, make sure you go back and listen to it. So, um, Okay. Well, before we go, I want to ask you something because you mentioned Flip Hacking Live and I know that you signed up for the first year at Flip Hacking Live and then this October you were there again. It was obviously in your backyard, um, which now we're moving it over to Florida, unfortunately. I know. But but it's uh, it's an amazing space. I'm really excited about it. We have have the ability to do stuff that we couldn't do in San Diego in this huge space. We have the whole resort to ourselves. So. but I, uh, I, w- I want to ask, as you renewed for a second year there mm-hmm. at this year, so I kind of just want to find out at why you would do that. Like, what, what keeps you coming back to this group that somebody who's listening it can, can like, see why somebody who's successful, right? You went from three deals to 12 deals to 14. I know this January you saw, like, you did three contracts in, one, in a month when you're used to doing one. So, yeah, but what is it? Four in December. That's incredible, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what is it that keeps you coming back that, um, that you renew? You know, just, I mean, the amazing network of people and cruises, of course. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We did just come off a cruise, which is awesome, right? So. Uh, that was amazing. No, you know what? Um, there is so much, there's tremendous value in, in this organization and um, the people uh, that I continue to build relationships with, um, you know, both, you know, professionally and personally, um, you know, there's just, um, I mean, I can start listing off all the things that I've been able to, you know, take away. I mean, for instance, this book, you know, like I didn't know of this book until someone in here brought it up to me. Um, you know, just the, the gives in this group are 
beyond you know anything I, I i would pay twice as much probably to to be a part of this group all right now uh, we're talking we, we'll talk after this so <laughs> But no, I mean, there's just, you know, there's not a lot of groups out there where you can get, I think, the value and just seeing people, one, that are out there doing it um, and doing it better, you know, and doing it, doing it faster, doing it better, um, maybe more efficiently um, is amazing. And it's just that um, the value that's in here, I, can, I you know, I can't really put it into words, to be honest with you. It's um, that the people are genuine. Um, they share and, you know, it's just the stuff that they do share. You're like, wow, oh my God, these are just gold nuggets all over the place and, um, a tremendous value. I mean, I, I, at first, I'll be honest, my first year, I wasn't sure what to expect and I really didn't know how much I would get out of it. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sure how much sharing would really be happening or if it was just going to be one of these things or just when people kind of get together, you know, you think about Ria's. Um, and you get together with these groups, but I mean, just the value, um, being able to, um, steal ideas from other people that are out there doing it and, um, and apply those things and, and make them your own is amazing. You know, well, that's, uh, that's, that's really nice to hear because I mean, that's, that, I think that's the kind of thing that drives me to keep, keep going and, and make this thing as, as great as possible and just do more and figure out how to, how to, yeah, it's just Great group of people. I mean, even just the other day, I reached out to uh, Terry Berger's group because I've got a, a, a guy uh, or a, a friend that is trying to sell a rental property out there and um, it's not my market and all that and um, connecting them together. It's just, you know, I mean, there's just so much value in, in the people and the network, uh, you know, that's out there. And then not, not to mention the content, but just the network of the people. Um, the caliber of people in this group is, is amazing. That's great. I mean, yeah, from the from the master networker, a lot of your deals come from networking. Obviously, your money comes from networking. Um, you're you're going to pull as much value as you can out of this group. So it's cool to see. And um, I love this. I, the renewal rate for me is that's the most important thing for me. Is when our members are happy and they're staying. It means they're making money. It means they're excited about it. They want to come back. Um, that's that's the that's the money ball for me. Like if, if we focus on that, we know we have an incredible group, right? So um, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on and taking the time to share some of your tips and tricks and secrets with everybody of how you're raising money. And, um, and I will say Sherry mentioned Flip Hacking Live. So we actually just launched the new website for Flip Hacking. You go to fliphackinglive.com. I know it's like eight months away, but I can't wait for it. We're already planning it. So I'll just throw like a quick nugget out there for you guys. If you want to get your tickets, there's early bird pricing for that. Uh, you can get them anytime uh, right now. And it's in Orlando, October 15th through the 17th. We actually just spent two days, uh, Mike Simmons, Becca Shea, my new marketing director and me um, spent some time locked in a room for the last two days. And Terry actually came out for one of the days and we planned the everything that we're going to do for leading up to Flip Hacking Live. So, so what are some ways that we're going to get it out there to other entrepreneurs and, um, and kind of promote it and see how we can make this event better than last year. It's going to be a challenge. I thought last year was really, really good, but um, uh, I think the proximity of Mickey Mouse will help. I know that I'm going to go there <laughs> for a week after uh, with my kids and my whole family. So um, I think it'll be a, a nice change of change of scenery, change of pace. I hate that we're not going to be in San Diego, but uh, Orlando is pretty nice too, especially in October. So, um, and then also the mastermind group, we talked about that a few times. So if you guys are looking for, you know, a new tribe, a, a group of people that are just like us, I'm bringing our members on, just like Sherry said, it's just like, it's like a really great 
wholesome group of people that come together and we all share the same issues, the same struggles. Uh, we, we pick each other up when one's down, one's up and everybody's at different cycles and we can kind of just help people like go through life and through business together. And um, it's a really great, great group. We just came off the cruise, which was arguably the best event that we've ever put on and um, just a lot of fun. And everybody that went is is just still raving about it. We all kind of wish we could go back. Even I want to go back. <laughs> I want to go back too. It's been like another, it's been like a month already too. So, um, so if you guys want to put in an application for our mastermind group, you can just go to sevenfigurealtitude.com and fill out a form and we'll reach out to you. Again, it's just a conversation if it's something that you're interested in doing. And for those who aren't at that level, so doing tw- you know 10 deals a year, 200,000 or more, this kind of a deal a month, like right at that volume, then um, you, you can go just fill out an application. We'll talk to you, but it's probably best uh, flip hacking live. And we have some other things that we're coming out with kind of a la carte uh, to help you uh, get up to flip hacking live over the next eight months. So, um, all right. Well, Hey Sherry, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, and I, I told you when we did the networking interview for the, the seven figure runway group that we put together these videos that we would be doing a podcast. So I'm so glad that we got to do one. And, uh, and it was, it was interesting. It was very similar to what we talked about in the, in that video, just about money instead of about houses. So you can apply a lot of the things that you're talking about with the networking side that you've raised money with, with buying houses too. So. It's definitely a people business, that's for sure. <laughs> no doubt. And you are, you are one of the master networkers, which is, which is awesome. So, and it's funny because Brandon Cobb was the same way. Brandon is the other one that I interviewed about this uh, inside the group. And he says every event he goes to, by the end of that event, everybody knows who he is or his name or he's at least talked to him. He just talks to him and moves on and talks to the next person. Talks. To it's just about repetitions and how many people can I get in front of and, and how many people can I talk to about what I do. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, Sherry. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I had a good time and I'll see you soon. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the seven figure flipping podcast with Bill Allen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business, check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at sevenfigureflipping.com.